You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 88. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. I like to say that the mouth is both a window and a gateway to our oral health. And the mouth is the first place where we choose how we nourish our body. That is with each fork bite, we make a choice to move our body towards health or towards disease. The foods we eat can greatly affect our gut microbiome and our oral microbiome. Welcome back, veggie lovers. Happy Sunday. I hope that it is going very plantastically. Tried to use that in a different way this time. Anyway, this is going to be a great episode. I am talking to a dentist, Dr. Michelle Yanover. What a great episode. You're going to love it. But before I tell you more about Dr. Yanover, I want to remind you to sign up for my newsletter, Pretty Please. You can do it in two ways. You can text the word fiber, F-I-B-E-R, to 66866, or go to dryami.com forward slash sign up. You will get a free PDF with the five pillars of healthy eating, recipes, resources. It's a really great download. And then a few days after that, you get my e-guide that I created um, from Veggie Fit Kids that has a lot of great resources as well. So thank you so much for signing up for my newsletter. I also want to remind you about my book, A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. It is available at amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, pretty much all the major online booksellers. You can also get it through my website, dryami.com forward slash book. If you have read it, can you please, please leave me an Amazon review? I would appreciate it so much and share it on your social media or tell somebody that you think would benefit from it, about it. I would appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all that you do to help promote the podcast and my book and all of the things I have out there to help other people. I have another book review I wanted to read for you guys. This is a five-star review from Angela Soph titled Practical, Comprehensive, Sensitive, and Authored by a Parent. If you're a parent who struggles with food issues with your kids, ahem, all of us, then really look no further. This book is comprehensive, spanning from babies to teens with sound researched guidance. I love that Dr. Yami uses her own experience as a mother to gently remind us that we have the tools we need to create healthy food environments and our kids are going to be just fine. Thank you, Dr. Yami, for sharing your light and wisdom. Thank you, Angela, for that amazing review. I appreciate you so much. Before I talk about Dr. Yanover, just a reminder that the information on this podcast is for informational educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment by your doctor or your dentist. So if you have concerns, please see your medical or dental provider. So this episode is so good because I learned so many things. I'm a physician. I'm not a dentist. I do know some things about the mouth, obviously, because I that's part of the body. But when it comes to a lot of the dental science and all of the intricacies of that, I don't know all of the stuff. So talking with Dr. Michelle Yanover was actually very educational for me. I learned a lot of great things. And of course, I love that she has just this amazing personal story 
that I was surprised by because I didn't know about, and I know that you're gonna love it too. So Dr. Michelle Yanover is the founder and creator of Fuel My Smile, an online Instagram community, which you can find at fuel underscore my underscore smile sharing the benefits of whole food nutrition for oral and whole body health. Dr. Yanover is practicing full-time dentist, wife, and mother to two beautiful girls. She received her undergraduate degree at Emory University with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. Yay, I have a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology too. And then went on to pursue her DDS at State University of New York at Stony Brook, graduating in 2010. She holds a certificate in wellness from the Nutritious Life Studio. Dr. Yanover shares, quote, through my personal passion for fitness and nutrition and my knowledge of the dental field, I have seen firsthand how important our nutrition is for our oral health. The mouth is both a window and a gateway. How we nourish our body can either move our mouths towards disease or towards health. Oh my goodness, guys. So get comfortable, get your headphones on, and enjoy this episode. Dr. Yanover, thank you so much for joining me today on Veggie Doctor Radio, the first dentist that I've had on the show. So I'm so excited. Oh, I am so thrilled to be here, Dr. Yami. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was thrilled when you reached out to me. I've been listening to your podcast. I'm a big fan, and I can't wait to share with you um, how plant-based nutrition can enhance your oral health. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that feedback. So let's get started. I want to know when you first made the connection between diet and dental health. Sure. So it wasn't such an actual initial huge connection. I mean, in dental school, we learn about carbohydrates and sugars and their risk for tooth decay, um, but we don't actually get that much time um, in school on this. But about two years ago, I was working in a patient's mouth, and this had been a patient of mine who had been seeing me every three to four months to help them with their gum disease. We call that periodontal disease. And every time I saw him, all the tools I had been given in dental school, even with referrals to the gum specialist, his gum still looked terrible. And not so coincidentally, he was also diabetic, mm -hmm. hypertensive, um, and had high cholesterol. So there was risk factors, and we know that those risk factors um, are involved and in that the gum disease and control of diabetes are related. But I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, I said, I'm not helping this man as much as I need to be. I went to dental school to help people, um, and not just to fix problems, not just to drill in their teeth and fix that. That's great. And that is a really amazing set of skills to have to be able to help heal someone's body. But to truly heal them, I needed to learn how to heal them from the root cause of what was driving mm -hmm. a lot of the disease. And so for me, it was also a funny time in my life because I had two young children at the time, um, six and four, and um, I have Crohn's disease. And I'd been taking medication and following a pretty standard healthy American diet. I was not plant-based at the time. Um, and I was always told that my diet didn't really affect my Crohn's disease. That's what my doctors told me. There was no diet for Crohn's disease. Um, so I ate pretty typically, you know, maybe yogurt for breakfast, a bar as a snack, a sandwich or a salad for lunch. Um, but I wasn't feeling great. I was getting joint pains. I was getting signs that this disease was going to come back. I was getting blurry vision as a dentist. You don't want a dentist with joint pains or blurry vision. Um, and so I said, you know, I got to figure out what's going on with me and I got to take a self journey and I got to fix what's going on. And I started reading and that's when I came across plant-based nutrition and started to dive with myself. And not only in myself did I see an improvement, whereas I've always struggled with gum issues um, because of the Crohn's disease. Um, and I'm happy to say that today my Crohn's disease is in remission. Um, and that happened pretty quickly. I started a plant-based diet about that time two years ago. And within six months, my Crohn's disease showed like full remission. My C-reactive protein went from three to four to one, and it's never gone back above one. So it's pretty amazing. 
Wow. So you just blew me away because I did not expect this story at all. <laughs> so thank you for the bonus. Awesome. That is amazing. But I also just love how you said as a dentist, you want to help people with the root cause of their condition because it does kind of seem like dentistry is kind of like surgery in a way, right? Like you're going in there, you see the problem, you fix the problem. But for some people, because the problem comes from an underlying chronic dis disease, it can continue and it can keep coming back more and more and more. And so you just keep going in there and you try to fix it, but it's just going to come back. So exactly. I'm really grateful that there's dentists like you out there that want to address the whole person, not just the one issue that they're having in their mouth, but you were able to make that connection also with yourself. So that's so amazing about your experience with your own health. Yes, I'm really grateful to be feeling healthy and vibrant and thriving because as a parent and as a practitioner, that's all I want. I want to be able to be the best dentist for my patients and the best mom and wife for my family, uh, best family member and friend to my friends. Yeah. The more you're able to feel well and feel joyful, you can spread more of that out into the world. I completely agree with that. And it sounds like dental school is very similar to many medical schools that you may touch on nutrition a little bit, but probably you don't get as much as we many people think, or maybe many people out in the world that don't go to dental school or medical school think we get, or that we now that we're out think we should get, right? Absolutely. Um, so where I trained at uh, Stony Brook in Long Island, our first two years are actually with the medical students. So our entire first two years is the medical school curriculum. And then when the medical students were done, we would go back and start to learn those clinical skills that do take a lot of time to hone. So to be able to operate a handpiece at 3000 RPMs very precisely, they start that very early on in education. Um, so I love that part of my education. But again, the diving into the nutrition was really lacking. Fortunately, at Stony Brook, our oral microbiology department was very big and very active. So although at the time we didn't call it the oral microbiome, which is something I am really fascinated in, we did get a good idea that the bacteria in our mouth play a big role in the diseases of our mouth. So I view tooth decay and gum disease as um, an opportunity, uh, a chance for our opportunistic organisms to take over and then how the host responds, the host being the human body. Mm -hmm. So talk more about that. Talk more about how you are able to see the health of a person through their oral health. What are the connections that we can make there? Sure. So I like to say that the mouth is both a window and a gateway to our oral health. And the mouth mm. is the first place where we choose how we nourish our body. That is with each fork bite, we make a choice to move our body towards health or towards disease. Mm -hmm. And so the foods we eat can greatly affect our gut microbiome and our oral microbiome. They're connected, right? This is actually one tube and it starts a lot in the mouth. And we know that um, we have found um, bacteria in the brains of patients with Alzheimer's disease that were thought to only exist in the mouth. So P. gingivalis um, is now being found in the brains on autopsy of patients with Alzheimer's disease. So studies are linking that the bacteria is communicating. Wow, that's fascinating. I would never have thought of something like that. And then, so what about with this patient that you were talking about that you saw that he came in and with the diabetes and the high cholesterol and the, and the high blood pressure, what are you seeing in these kinds of conditions in oral health? Sure. So a lot of times with the chronic diseases, the gums are most severely affected. Um, so the gum tissue is a semi-permeable membrane. So when there's chronic inflammation in the body, Oftentimes we see that in the mouth. So we see red, sore, swollen gums. They bleed a lot. They don't heal well from the procedures. So um, a patient may you know, want, need a dental implant if they've lost a tooth. That's a way to replace the missing tooth. But they may not be a good candidate because their healing is impaired. Wound healing is impaired in diabetics. Very interesting. So whenever we're talking about our oral health, how is it important? Because one of the things I've heard about is how our oral health can actually affect things like even um, 
increase our risk of heart disease and things like that, that we wouldn't think is connected. So why is oral health so important in general? Right, so our oral health, our, the bacteria in our mouth and the bacteria in our gut are communicating all the time. And if your mouth isn't healthy, that is a warning sign, a red flag that there's other stuff going on. We oftentimes can see signs in the mouth, and that's why I think more dentists need to be aware of this before the symptoms of the disease start. So I believe the numbers, and we can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, recently it's that one in four young adults is pre-diabetic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as dentists, we get to see our patients twice a year most of the time. So we should be playing a role and looking for these signs. If their gums are bleeding, if there's inflammation, if we talk to them about diet, it sounds not correct. We have a chance to intervene and stop these processes before. Um, in April of 2019, JAMA had an article and it talked about um, childhood oral health would be a risk factor for future adult heart disease. Mm -hmm. So it's starting young. And I get that question from parents a lot. Well, they're kids, you know, it doesn't matter. They burn the energy off. Well, the foods we matter really start early on because we see signs of atherosclerosis in children, you know, as young as 11. Mm -hmm. So if we can intervene younger and help people understand that even though they may be baby teeth, even though they have some adult teeth, that it, the nutrition and health of the mouth and the way it looks is affecting the health of the whole body. Mm -hmm. So important. Well, through your social media role, you have been advocating for a certain way of eating that promotes good oral health. So what is your general diet advice that you give to your patients? Okay. So usually the first place we start, um, because I don't want to project any of my personal beliefs about foods, but I want people to eat as healthily as possible, is the Fuel My Smile four ingredient rule. And that is if the first four ingredients include white flour or sugar, we want to make a different choice. Mm -hmm. And that is because again, so in the oral microbiome, white flour and sugar are the, the food of choice for the bad bacteria. The bacteria that can cause harm and take over more quickly are more able to easily use the white simple sugars. So if we, those are frequent in our diet and present at every meal, if they're in our drinks, then our risk factor skyrockets. And we don't want those bad bacteria to take over because then they like to build these homes, these biofilms, these little houses around the teeth and the gums. And they're, the way I tell my patients, the bacteria are pooping in your mouth every minute of every day. So these bacteria are using that and they're excreting acid. And once there's too much acid in the mouth, your saliva can't handle it. And then the calcium and the phosphorus come out of the teeth enamel. Okay. So, and that's how you get a cavity. Mm -hmm. So it's really from the acid that these bacteria are creating from consuming the excess carbohydrates that get stuck in our mouth or that are constantly in there if we're eating and drinking all day long that are creating the cavities and the imbalance within the body. Exactly. And so then we want to work on shifting the balance back. So thinking of the mouth as an ecosystem and how do we make it a friendly environment for the good guys and not a hospitable environment for the bad guys. And part of that is oral hygiene, right? So probably when you go to the dentist, they say, well, you really weren't flossing so good here or you weren't brushing that here so well. And that is a good part of the story because we need to control the amount of biofilm because the really bad bacteria don't need oxygen and they can build those houses and then they can do a lot of damage. But the good bacteria like a clean, healthy environment. Some plaque isn't terrible, okay? If we have a little bit of plaque, it's a healthy biofilm, it's going to be there, it's part of our natural environment. But it's when it gets taken over by the bad guys. So to shift, um, whole plant-based foods is the best way to promote diversity. Same as I'm sure many of your listeners know for gut health, diversity of whole plant foods promotes a healthy oral microbiome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one of the things that most people know is that we probably shouldn't eat a lot of sugar to make sure that we have healthy teeth and we get caught up on sugar. So right now, what's very common and popular <laughs> are things like ketogenic diets and, yeah. and diets that are low in carbohydrates, but may not be as plentiful in fiber. And fiber is one of the things that you emphasize, which I love fiber. 
Fiber is definitely my favorite F word, but I was actually surprised about this because I had never heard anybody talk about fiber being important for the mouth. So can you talk a little bit more about why you promote fiber? Sure. Well, fiber is one of my favorite words, and um, I think we got to get the F word out there because 97% of us are deficient in it. I know me and you are not, but you know that is a really big deal. And fiber helps oral health in so many different ways. One of the first simple ways that it helps it is because the act of chewing the fibrous foods alone helps stimulate saliva. And I touched on saliva, it's important a little bit, but I'll share a little more. Saliva is your best natural protector. It naturally has calcium and minerals in it that are there to help buffer that acid attack from those bad bacteria. So you want plentiful saliva, you want to stimulate it, and the fibrous foods also help to cleanse the teeth. So if you're snacking on an apple, you're snacking on celery and carrots, those fibrous chewy foods um, that aren't sticky actually scrub the teeth right radishes are another great one that I love. Um, and so that is a simple way that fiber helps. But then fiber also helps because the way it is in whole foods. So I, there is a difference in fiber, functional fiber and dietary fiber. And dietary fiber really provides the best benefit because when it's packaged in the whole food, those sugars that are in the foods, the other carbohydrates that are in the foods that are not part of the fiber, the indigestible part, are not as easily available. Okay, so our saliva has an enzyme called salivary amylase that is sp responsible for the start down, starting the breakdown of carbohydrates. So if we're eating foods that are rich in fiber, we're not giving the salivary amylase much work to do or things it can do. And then it gets used in the gut where it makes a bunch of beautiful um, molecules and butyrate and, you know, good things for our body that heal us, that decrease inflammation. Because again, inflammation not only the acids, but inflammation plays a role in dental disease as well. Wow. Oh, this is, this is awesome. I love it because there's so many reasons I love fiber, but I did not know this reason. <laughs> so you're giving me more fuel for my fiber fire, the amylase. I had never thought about that or, or and nobody's ever mentioned that. So that is really fascinating. So great. If you had to call out one food or beverage, for being the very worst for oral health? Like if there was one, if you had a magic wand as a dentist that you could just eliminate from the face of the earth, what would it be? I mean, I think the obvious answer is soda, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I also think because we probably have some more health conscious listeners with this audience, bars, okay? Protein bars and um, even though if the nutritionals look okay, a lot of times they are sweetened with dates. And I'm not saying to never eat a date. I'm not saying to never consume, um, you know, a simple sugar, but they stick around and that can be tricky. The dried fruits too, just to be aware, not to completely eliminate them, but to be aware that those kind of foods stick around. And again, we mentioned salivary amylase. If those foods are sticky and they sit there, the amylase will have a chance to break those down and can increase your risk for tooth decay. All right, so I've been thinking about whether I'm gonna share my story because you know it's embarrassing, but I think I should probably share my story because I'm doing it, my listeners, for you so that you do not end up like me. When I was in residency, I didn't go to the dentist very much because I was in residency and I had a little kid and I was busy and sleep deprived. At the end of residency, after three years, it was like a month or so before I was going to move to my new place where I live now, I went to the dentist and they said I had 11 cavities. And I was like, that's, that can't be right. Of course I had zero symptoms and I'm like, well, nothing hurts and whatever. So I'm just gonna wait till I move and then I'll get seen by another dentist. Cause probably this dentist is just probably trying to rip me off is what I was thinking, right? So no, he said I had 10, 10 cavities. So then I moved to Yakima, I saw a dentist and they're like, no, actually you do not have 10 cavities. And I was like, oh, thank, thank God. He's like you have 11. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my. <laughs> so I hate delivering that news to patients. I know it's horrible, especially when you're already skeptical, but I know what happened in residency, not just being stressed out all the time. I think the anxiety probably changed my sal salivary stuff and I was sleep deprived, but I snacked a lot and I ate bars all the time because you know, you're like sleep deprived. You're up in the middle of the night trying to stay awake. 
overeating, but also stimulating yourself with food and having those bars super easy. So I think that I pretty much ruined my teeth from eating too many of those granola bar things, not drinking enough water, being dehydrated, being stressed out, and probably not having the best oral hygiene because I was so tired all the time that I probably didn't brush my teeth as well and as long as I should have. So yes, I learned about that because I was under the impression it was like, I never drank soda. I never drank juice. I didn't eat a lot of sweet stuff, you know? So I didn't think that I could be damaging my mouth or my teeth from those kinds of things. And it wasn't until after that experience that I learned, oh, eating the, sh the sugary kind of sticky things, but also snacking. So can you touch a little bit upon snacking? Because in the United States, we are snack addicts. For you know, sure. like snacking is like, like a competition sport here, you know, that's like everybody does it. So let's talk about snacking a little bit. All right. So if we're going to talk about snacking, then we need to bring the bacteria, the oral microbiome back into play. So every drink, every food you eat, every time you put it into your mouth is a meal for those bacteria. Okay. So if we're having three meals a day and snacks, or if we're grazing every time that food enters is a meal for the bacteria. And again, those bacteria are pooping in your mouth every minute of every day. And so we can then increase the chance of those opportunistic bad bacteria, like strep mutans of increasing in number and doing more damage because right? You feed a stray cat, it's going to come back, right? It's not going <laughs> to leave. So if you're feeding the bacteria, they're going to make a very happy home in your mouth. Their goal is survival, right? So we don't want to make it too friendly for them. Yeah. So I think that that's important to know. And then the sticky foods too. So what do you say as far as like people who do eat dried fruits and those kinds of things? Is there like a certain number that you can eat or is there something you should do afterwards? Like, is there some kind of guideline? Because I know a lot of people that eat a plant-based diet, they may gravitate towards some of those foods. Right, so I wish I could say there was a number. Um, I'm hoping that's something we can kind of fine tune as I study this more and work more to give a general sense of guidelines. Um, we do know that those sticky foods are not great. So I tell patients, be aware, um, you know, just like any healthy eating pattern, like when are you gravitating towards those foods? Is there another substitute you could make? Um, you know, also with my plant-based um, patients and I'm, you know, now with the Game Changers movie, there's so many people interested in it, but they said, but then I heard vegans get more tooth decay. And I say dietary patterns cause tooth decay. Um, and so something to also be aware of, I would never, ever want anyone to eliminate whole grains from their diet because they are healthy foods across the board. All the blue zones eat them and they should be included, but the percentage of the plate that they're included on should be aware of that. So I feel, you know, 50% to 75% of the plate should be veggies, okay, and fruit, but mostly focusing on those non-starchy veggies and 25% or less of the plate from whole grains. I, I eat oats almost every day. So I'm not saying avoid them. I think oats are amazing. The fiber they provide is amazing. The way they help with insulin sensitivity is amazing. And that is important for oral health. So don't exclude them, but try to um, you know, manage them, not to go overboard, not a whole bowl of pasta with a little bit of veggies on the side, make the veggies your priority. Mm -hmm. And is that mainly because of the amylase issue or what, what is your reasoning behind that? Right. So yes, it, those foods, um, do have a higher, uh, carb overall carbohydrate content. So again, salivary amylase can do work on them, but you can help mitigate your risk by keeping hydrated. So I recommend minimum of two to three liters of water a day, especially if you're going to be consuming, you know, your daily requirement of fiber. It's really important to have two to three liters of water a day. That's going to also help balance your saliva, help neutralize the acids, help wash away the debris. So if you're having um, dried fruits, again, you could have water. Um, you could chew a xylitol chewing gum for 20 minutes to help stimulate your saliva, which it, those also have xylitol in it, which will decrease the activity of strep mutans. So when strep mutans eats the xylitol, it actually freezes the strep mutans for a period of time. And that's why xylitol is being recommended by dentists. Very interesting.
So yeah, I wanted to talk about the dehydration, but I think that you pretty much addressed that, that that's another reason. There's so many reasons why we should be drinking water. Dehydration affects us negatively in so many different ways, but oral health is definitely one of them. I see your big, <laughs> I, I know you I, have my, I have mine too, trying to keep on top of my water drinking. Yes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so what about fruit? I've heard lots of different things on fruit and I wanna hear from a dentist. Is it possible to eat too much fruit? Can eating a lot of fruit, uh, the acidity from the fruit damage your teeth? What do we know about fruit? So the answer is yes and no. Overall, most people don't need to worry about eating fruit um, in the right portions. But yes, if you were to say, spend most of your days eating, mostly fruit, then there is some concern. Um, you know, citrus fruits especially are more acidic. So I have some patients who have habits of sucking on a lemon or even lemon water daily. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend lemon water daily. The evidence for it actually doing anything positive for your body, you know, is still not fully strong, is, is weak and not so strong and it's acidic. And you're drinking this gallon of lemon water and pouring that acid on your teeth. You know, mm -hmm. just try for the water. I really, or green tea. Green, I'm a big fan of green tea. So let's move on to dental hygiene then. So we know we need to be eating whole plant foods, eating our, make sure we're eating high fiber, maybe being mindful of how many overall complex carbs we're eating and drinking lots of water. So all of that stuff is great. But what, are, what about oral hygiene? Should we be brushing our teeth more than twice a day or is twice enough? And I've always been curious, should we be flossing before we brush our teeth or after we brush our teeth or does it matter? So um, if you can brush more than twice a day, that's great, but it should be a soft bristle toothbrush because we can be very excited. Us health conscious people can get very excited and actually overbrush. So soft, gentle on the gums for two minutes, twice a day is ideal, but if you can get it in after lunch, after a meal time, great. That's certainly gonna help. Um, I recommend flossing before you brush there's really, it's a personal choice. If you're, if I can get you to floss every day, I'm happy. If you could clean the poop out from in between your teeth every, every day, you're making me happy. But I like the idea of getting out before so that you're clearing it. And then when you brush, you get it all away. I feel that we know, you know, when you brushed your teeth and now you're pulling out all the stuff again, I want to get it all out of the mouth and try my best to clean it as much as possible. Awesome. Well, that's what I do. So, and so far it's working because since I had those 11, I haven't had any more cavities, but probably because all of my teeth have fillings in them. So who knows? Anyway, um, what about electric toothbrushes? Are they really better or necessary? So if it's a helpful tool, if it gets you to do it twice a day, um, some of the toothbrushes, I really like Sonicare personally, and they don't pay me anything to say that. That's my personal toothbrush of choice. It has a wave motion that does help push more debris off versus a circular motion like other typical spin brushes. Um, so I do enjoy the way that that helps cleanse my teeth and gums. But if you can, or a patient who may have lack of dexterity, a man, uh, um, an automatic toothbrush versus a manual one would be better um, because if they can't get back there and they can't move their wrists or joints or fingers to really clean properly, then it could help. Or young children who may not have, you know, the dexterity as well, it does help to push off more debris. But if you're a capable brusher and you use the right technique, a manual toothbrush will work just fine. Awesome. Okay, great tips. Are there some people that despite having a great diet and great oral hygiene that are still going to get cavities? So yeah, so patients with other diseases going on, so autoimmune disease, um, for example, patients who have Sjogren's syndrome that causes dry mouth, they may have an ideal diet, but 
again, if we don't have saliva to help protect us, we're kind of out of our natural protection. It's like saliva is the first defense lying there. And so if that's gone, we're at risk factor. Other patients who have dry mouth are patients who are undergoing chemotherapy and radiation. Um, there's a lot of concern and we can see recurrent decay. Medications can change the pH of our saliva, the way our saliva functions, if it's thick, if it's ropey, all that plays a huge role in increasing the risk factors for tooth decay. So again, the bacteria can, the bad bacteria can stick around, they're not getting washed away and they can still do damage even if the carbohydrates are low. Fascinating. I didn't even think about people having different consistency in their saliva, you know, that is so fascinating. And I've heard some moms say that they were told that their kids were just going to get more cavities because they had softer enamel. Is there something to that? Absolutely. So there you may see, I don't know how much you're examining the mouths of your patients, but you know, teeth can either look bright white and pretty stable, or you could see they have the white, uh, what we call mottled look. Um, and so some teeth do come in hyperplastic. That's the word, meaning the enamel is weaker. Um, why that exactly happens? We're not hundred percent sure. We think a lot of times it has to do with um, development when uh, they're a fetus or if there's fevers or frequent um, antibiotic use is a potential risk factor even in childhood as the other back adult teeth are developing. Um, so we're not fully clear. We can't tell a parent why these teeth came in this way, but usually some type of trauma uh, to the child either in, in utero or once they're developing teeth even as a young adult um, can cause the enamel. My oldest daughter has this enamel hypoplasia. Um, and so she is at higher risk. Um, and that's hard to explain to an eight-year-old kid who wants to, you know, she does eat pretty healthy, but she wants to do what her friends are doing. And we have to try our best to balance it. So we talk a lot about having water and brushing properly and overall dietary pattern. So again, one day is not going to do you in. It's the overall pattern that's really important. I love that. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. It's, it's the overall pattern of our habits, what we're doing day to day and not just one meal or even, you know, a couple of meals at a time. So that's good to know. So I'm assuming those people may know that they're at risk. And so it may be even more important for them to be mindful and to keep up these good habits. Are there any other factors that you can, can that you think that we should be knowing that we have to consider for healthy teeth and gums that we haven't covered so far. We talked about eating a variety of whole plant foods um, because also being aware that like antioxidants and omega-3s, these things help us fight inflammation. Again, you know, inflammation is the driver and the big link between the mouth and the body. So we want to really be providing our body with the right nutrients to heal it. Um, Vitamin D would be another big one that I think people need to be aware of. Uh, you may be more fortunate to have more access to vitamin D where you are, but up here by us, you know, a lot of people are chronically deficient. Um, and vitamin D is responsible for managing calcium in our body. And so if we're deficient, we may not be getting the calcium we need to maintain our teeth and healthy saliva and our jaw bones. So, you know, if you if you're going to the dentist every time and they're still finding a cavity, you know, speaking with your primary care physician or whoever your healthcare provider is about vitamin D testing, um, I would recommend that. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about that when it comes to the mouth, but it, it can fool you. I live in Yakima, Washington. So we say, um, you know, this is like the Palm Springs of Washington is what it's called right. because we have 300 days of sunshine per year. But this time of year, our days are very, very short. So, and okay. it's cold outside, even though it's beautiful and sunny. So what we found is that you would have to be outside in the middle of the day, arms and legs exposed for two hours in order to get enough vitamin D from the sun. So this time of year, I'm supplementing all of my patients, making sure yes. that they're getting their vitamin D. But that's really good reminder of how it's involved in a lot of different things in our bodies, including our oral health. Well, I'd love to know what some of the biggest myths you have heard uh, regarding diet and dental health are. Okay, so the first one would be like, we touched on it a little bit. My kid, it's just my kid's baby teeth. It doesn't matter. They can eat what they want because it doesn't matter. And we talked about that article in JAMA about, um, you know, 
poor oral health as a childhood being a risk factor for heart disease. So it does matter, right? It doesn't matter that they're baby teeth, one that decay and infection of baby teeth can affect the adult teeth. It can cause pain. It causes the most missed school days for children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of dentists having to take your child out of school to bring them to a dentist appointment is going to cause you to miss work and that can cause stress on a family as well. So trying to prevent these problems from happening is going to make your child more productive. It's going to allow you to be more productive at work um, and both of you don't have to miss days, right? Because your child can't go to the dentist without a parent there or, or a caregiver um, with them. So, you know, it takes, so to avoid it is best. Awesome. I love that. And what would you say are some of the biggest diet mistakes that you see people making that they may not realize could be harming their teeth or they even might think the opposite. They might think this is great for their oral health, but actually it's not. Sure. So um, we talked about lemon water. That is a big one that usually I can pinpoint in a lot of my patients. Um, you know, the big lemon water every day, a lot of acid, too much for the mouth to handle. Just skip the lemon or start to reduce the amount of lemon um, and get rid of that. The bars, again, a lot of my healthy patients are a big fan of the bars. I say, if it's a desperate tool, you're somewhere and there's nothing else. But Apples travel really well, so I, nuts and seeds travel really well. So if you're not allergic, you know, be prepared, bring those with you um, because those bars and those dried fruits, you don't want to be stuck with those in your teeth. They cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay. Those are great. Let's go back to xylitol because you talked about xylitol. I see that you're an advocate of xylitol, and I know that this is big in the dental community. I've even seen some toothpaste, some xylitol toothpaste and xylitol mouthwashes. Tell me about the advantages of xylitol, but also is there any risk in consuming xylitol? Does it interfere with our gut microbiome? Because I know that there's other artificial sweeteners that can affect our gut mm -hmm. microbiome. So does xylitol have that risk as well? So to address first the benefits, um, we talked and touched on this briefly, but um, it inhibits the activity of strep mutans. Strep mutans is the bacteria most responsible for tooth decay. And so again, when um, you're chewing it and the strep mutans is in your mouth, it comes across it, it ingests it, okay? It thinks it's like sugar, but then when it gets inside, it freezes the bacteria for a period of time. So it can't make the acid that causes tooth decay. Um, and so dentists have recognized this and companies have recognized this and have started to add it to products. Um, so it's in mouthwashes, it's in chewing gum. Um, dogs, on the other hand, cannot ingest it and it can be fatal for dogs. So anybody who has a dog at home, just be aware if you have it, and don't let your dog get access to it. Um, but I do, I do recommend it not to eat or swallow. I do recommend it in um, gums and in toothpaste and in mouthwash. Um, the evidence is conflicting about if it affects our gut microbiome. And that can be confusing because, right, if they're linked, you know, maybe we don't want to do it. But I think um, the benefit, again, of chewing gum is the xylitol, but also stimulating saliva, again, getting your saliva back in action. So that, I think, is a great tool if toothbrushing is not available for patients. And also if the patients don't have anything called TMJ, so that's the um, disorder of the tepromandibular joint. If they're chewing gum and they have joint problems there, that can exacerbate it. So those, that's a group of patients who should avoid chewing gum. Mm -hmm. um, and I personally have xylitol in my toothpaste and in my mouthwash. Um, I think it just is one way of avoiding a high-dose antimicrobial. So most over-the-counter mouthwashes are acidic. So I don't know if most of our listeners know that a lot of the over-counter Mouthwashes are acidic, um, and again, acid causes tooth decay. So they're acidic because either there's alcohol in them or they are trying to basically kill everything, right? 99% of all germs. But we don't want to kill everything. We want to balance everything. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking for a mouthwash, we want one that's balancing, that's neutral or alkaline, so basic or neutral. Um, and we want uh, a mouth, our toothpaste to have something to help remineralize our teeth, whether that's fluoride or hydroxyapatite would be the alternative to remineralize your teeth. Okay. So should most people be using a mouthwash? Sounds like we shouldn't be using just the stuff that you buy at the grocery store because that might hurt our teeth. 
but who should be using a mouthwash if we're looking for maybe one of these xylitol type mouthwashes? Sure. Um, so yes, most over-the-counter mouthwashes I don't recommend to my patients. Um, I think, you know, if it really doesn't benefit the microbiome, but it also just only temporarily deals with some of the things that the patients are trying to get rid of, like bad breath. And usually true bad breath, too, true oral malodor is caused from something systemic anyway. So um, again, not addressing the root cause. And frequent acid, not a good thing, and avoid any alcohol-based mouthwash at all that's actually drying on the mouth too. So very counterintuitive. Um, but there are some really great balancing mouthwashes that have come to market, um, and those can be really beneficial. They can help to start shift the microbiome in a more positive direction. Um, they can contain things like xylitol in them. They can contain um, calcium in it. And those can help to remineralize your teeth to help balance that microbiome and keep things happy because our bodies in everything want homeostasis, right? That's Our bodies want to go back to balance. And so if we give our bodies the right things and things that aren't harmful, um, you know, we're really helping it. But again, we um, you know, truly want to fuel our bodies from you know, the outside in. So by choosing the foods, that is the best way to help your body stay in balance. Because if you're decreasing your overall inflammation, if you're eating a plentiful plate of healthy whole plant foods, then you're really you know, loading up. I like the FAF acronym that I use, fiber, antioxidants, and fats, and I mean health omega-3 fats. Those are really a good tool bag to help you thrive from your mouth all the way through your body, and then your skin will glow, um, you're hydrated, and everything starts to work together the way it wants to, and your body will do a lot for itself to heal. And then we're here and fix the problems, the 11 cavities that can happen sometimes, you know, and get you back on track. Love it. Yes. Oh, I learned my lesson. And that was way before I was plant-based, but yeah, that's a whole different, I just felt like I needed to say that because- Wow, what an experience. Those yeah. so many great tips. I, I love everything you have to say, and I'm learning so much myself. I'm also just curious, since you've been on this journey and you've been learning more about plant-based nutrition and had your own personal transformation and how it's helped you in your life, have you talked to some of your dental patients about plant-based diets and have any of them tried it or gone more towards that direction? Sure. Um, you know, I think... Most of the patients maybe listen to what I'm saying and are polite and don't take the call to action, but some do, and they really see the benefits pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's it's great to get to connect with them. I never push a strictly plant-based agenda, but I talk about an add-in approach. You know, what foods are you comfortable adding? Because I get a lot, well, I don't like vegetables, you know? And I said, well, do you like pasta, you know, with, with red sauce? They said, they say, yeah. I said, do you think next time you could add a handful of spinach into it? And they'll say, I think so. And then they do. And they say, okay, next time you want to cut up some carrots and add that in? You want to add some broccoli? And we work it in and we figure out dishes that they're already like, um, chili's another great one. You know, can I add in lentils this time? And then maybe next time I can leave out the meat. Can I add in a different bean? Could I add in a pepper? And once they realize how delicious the food tastes, and that's why I like to provide recipes. And that's why on Instagram, you'll see me always cooking up and, you know, making recipes up because it's delicious. The food is delicious. Um, it promotes health. And once they realize, I did this with my father. Um, he was diagnosed with diabetes um, earlier this year, and he had been watching me do this for a while. And he said, all right, you know, I'm ready to listen now. You got the diagnosis, I'm ready to listen now. And this is a single man who's never, I've never seen him cook. Um, so I set him up, he was lucky, you know, he did get a delivery of home cooked, um, you know, healthy, nutritious food, but I linked him up with some uh, literature. I talked to him about fiber, about plant foods, and now he's sending me pictures of his Brussels sprouts and his asparagus and his sweet, but he loves sweet potatoes with some bean salsa and guacamole. And that's, he's like, that's so easy. And it's so delicious. And his overnight oats, he's like the biggest fan of overnight oats. And guess what? After six weeks of adopting it off the medication. So uh, 
Yeah. Oh, I'm, I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, what a sweet you know, story and how and cute I just that it. he can make these, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. And I think right. that's what I wish more people knew is that it can be really simple. And once you get used to eating simple, it's also less complicating for your life. But now I will comment your recipes look amazing. I was browsing oh, the other day you. as I prepared my questions and my mouth was watering. I'm like, yum. Great. Wonderful. Well, what do you wish more people knew? What do I wish more people knew? Um, about, about dental health about or about anything? What do you wish about more people anything. knew about anything? About how good you can feel when you treat your body with the right fuel. Um, you know, I didn't believe it myself, you know, my own journey. Um, I believed, you know, I was a student of Western medicine. I believed take my medication and by all markers, with most of the medications I was controlled, but I didn't feel great. And I didn't, at a certain point, I decided I just didn't want to live my life not feeling great. I had worked so hard for this degree to help people for my family. Um, and I had a lot more living to do. You know, I'm now 36. So this started, this light bulb went off at 33, close to 34. And I just never knew I could have this much energy. People ask me, well, how do you work and then do the recipes and then you're still social? You know, I feel like I just have boundless energy now and such a joy and a passion. And I believe that a lot of that comes from the fuel and the way that food makes me feel. That's awesome. And it's a win, 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 right? Because not only yeah. do you feel better, but then you can spread and radiate yes. um, all that love and joy and goodness. I love it. And I think leading by example is so important. And that's what took my father, you know, he saw I was doing it. And then when he got to his point where he needed the answer, he saw it. Um, my meat and potatoes husband from Missouri, you know, at first, you know, this guy who used to finish a 12 ounce steak, you know, he, most of the time he's not fully plant-based, but he most of the time does choose a plant-based meal. Um, but now if he were to have that steak, he wouldn't eat more than four to six ounces of it. And his plate would be filled with vegetables. You know, his whole mindset, he does, says, I'm surprised how little I miss it. Yeah. I really don't miss it. I hear that so much too. And I think that that's such an important concept for a lot of us, because some of us, when we come to this new way of eating, new way of seeing the world, we get super passionate and we get very anxious to tell other people and spread it. And we just want everybody to do it. But sometimes it's just quietly keeping doing what you're doing, leading by example, and people will notice it really is a ripple effect. You know, you, you, change one person, they feel better, people around them notice, and then they start to wonder what they're doing, ask, and then they start changing. So it really yes. is a beautiful thing that can happen. And it's an exciting time for, uh, you know, plant-based. So, you know, it's, I was, I was at New Year's Eve party and four husbands asked me about it because they knew their wives were following me, but four husbands said, you know, I hear you're eating like plant-based, like, is it really that good? And is it, you know, I saw the Game Changers movie and I, I want to feel that way. And I was like, well, try it. You're going to feel great, you know, and, and let's, let's talk about, it. you know, they were at my house. I was like, you know, you're eating all this plant-based food. Have you not liked anything you had? They're like, it's delicious. So, you know, getting everybody and families excited about it. And, you know, I'm so happy that so many people are open now to the idea of um, eating more plants. I just want you to eat more plants. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It doesn't have to be all or nothing, especially for right. the people that don't like a rapid change. I love your approach of how can we make one small change and add to it and keep adding to it. Well, what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it and how do you maintain it? Ooh, that's a tough one. And I, I was thinking about this one, but I think the habit um, of my two to three liters of water a day is something I'm really proud of. That was a hard one for me, um, being on the go all the time at work and with patients and back to back. I thought like, how am I going to be having this much water? And, and I tend to now stick around the two liter because I'm eating my water in a sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard that expression before because I eat so many vegetables mm -hmm. that I'm eating a lot of water weight there. Um, but it just really is cleansing. I feel a difference not only in my mouth, my skin. I used to have cystic acne. That's all improved. Um, 
And so really committing to that, this water bottle goes with me everywhere other than on an airplane because then they're like, you're not bringing that on. Um, but I get my water there too. Um, and um, I really recommend that everyone tries to do it. I think it's so helpful. <laughs> so what were the things that helped you? Was it just getting that particular water bottle or what kind of things did you have to change in order to, to start that habit? So Again, I think everyone has to think about what works for me, for them. So in general, it started with a plan of how was I going to get it in? So I commute about 40 minutes to my office. Mm. Um, so I use that time to drink the first liter. Um, wow. So that's my goal to use that 40 minutes to get the first liter in. And I'm ready to be at work by that 40 minutes oh, after yeah. that first liter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I work on the second one throughout the day up until lunch and finish it by the end of lunch. And then the third one goes as I go home. Mm -hmm. um, and so finding the way to incorporate it that worked for me was super helpful. And I know, you know, everyone has different rituals or routines, so there may not be a commute, but you know, can I commit to drinking two glasses of water when I first wake up before I have anything else? Then you are already getting in a good head start. Um, and you know, the only other thing I drink is my matcha latte, that the mm, latte, I don't know if you saw that on my account. So it's matcha, moringa, maca, turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, a little black pepper, and then a plant milk of choice. Um, and that is like, gives me life. <laughs> wow. That's like an antioxidant bomb right there. That's got a exactly. lot of awesome stuff in it. That's yes. great. No, I was getting a little bit of anxiety thinking of you drinking a whole liter of water on the way to work. I'm just like, I hope there's not a car accident or anything that I would like literally be peeing in my pants, but my bladder doesn't hold very much. So <laughs> Hey, look, I've had two children too. So I, the struggle's real. I, get you. <laughs> I love it. I love how you, how you figured that out for yourself though. That's yes. really great because you have set points in the time, times in the day where, you know, okay, I need to be at this point. I need to be at this point so that you can keep yourself on track every day. Yeah. That's great. I love it. And I got that advice from a really knowledgeable dietitian who's really, you know, guided me. And that I think has been one of the biggest changes and movers in my personal health, to be honest, besides all the plants, I really do believe the water is so important. Yeah. I think I'm going to try that. I think I'm going to be more deliberate about the amount I eat for breakfast, finish by lunch. And then I have to finish early because otherwise I'm up several times at night and it yeah. interrupts my sleep. So I'm going to try that and see how that works for me. Great. How can listeners connect with you and tell us about what services you provide or if people live in your area and want to come see you as a dentist? Tell us about that. Sure. So um, the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at FuelMySmile. Um, that's fuel underscore MY underscore smile. And the MY is a little side note. It's from my initials, Michelle Yanover. So that's where the name Aww. came from. Um, and that's a great way to connect with me, um, to ask me questions, DM me. I try to get back to everyone pretty quickly. Um, I practice at a couple different locations in Connecticut. So I'm what's called a dental associate. So I don't own my own office at this point, which um, works for me as a mom because I get to leave and go home and be mom. Mm -hmm. and wife and I don't have to, you know, owning a business is a love and a passion and another family, but feel my smiles, my other passion and family now too. Mm -hmm. So we are accepting patients depending on insurance or self-pay uh, patients at both my office locations and you can Google um, those locations, but you know, I will be there and I'll talk to you about plant-based dentistry. We are provide a range of all the typical dental services. So, you know, whatever you need, we have specialists in house, um, if that's of interest to you, so you could come find me there. Um, but, you know, working on the, and I will share with you what I know, but, you know, Instagram is the best way to find me for sure. And to, to ask me questions. And if you need a dentist and you're in Connecticut in the Fairfield County or the shoreline area, you can find me as well. Awesome. I love it. Well, if you could please leave us with a call to action for this week, what can my listeners do to improve their health or their life this week? Okay. What can you add in this week to make that plate more bountiful with plants? Think about the one thing you could add in that favorite dish of yours. Could you add kale into it? I love curry. I could eat curry every day. And I think it's a great way to add in any vegetable you could think of. You know, I added snap peas in the other day. It was amazing. Um, so what can you add in this week that's going to help, you know, with your fiber, with your antioxidants, with your healthy fats, what can you add in? Um, another tip 
to add in is, I call it the trifecta, that's chia, hemp, and flax. Okay, that's an easy one. Could you add that into your oats? Could you sprinkle those into your smoothie? Could you have them with your plant-based yogurt or if you're not fully plant-based with your yogurt? Because those are gonna add in fiber, antioxidants, and healthy fats as well. And that's, you know, what can you add in? I love it. That's so easy, so actionable. What can you add into your diet that you're not already eating on a regular basis to give yourself more whole plant foods, more antioxidants, more fiber, or maybe even you need to add in more water. So what are some of the things that can help you with your oral health? That is wonderful. Well, Dr. Yanover, this has been so informative. I have learned so much and I know that my listeners are going to love this episode. Listeners, definitely check out Fuel My Smile, especially if you want some mouth-watering recipes. Just try not to go hungry because then you're going to get really hungry, but um, definitely check out her Instagram profile. And I really appreciate your time, Dr. Yanover. Thank you so much for joining me on Veggie Doctor Radio today. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. Thank you. Bye guys. And we'll rock out with a rock. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli.